It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Who's on the mic? What did a Hall of Fame quarterback say about the new commander's quarterback and chase ranks where? Right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, everybody. I'm Chris Russell, and we welcome you aboard to a new episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Uh, again, I'm one half of the Russell and Medhurst radio show, which can be found on the Team 980 in the Washington, D.C. area and worldwide on the Odyssey app, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, or again, anytime on the Odyssey app. David Harrison is off tonight, and on this particular episode, he is covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation. Lockdown Commanders is free and available on all platforms, including now on YouTube. And we're on Twitter, at DHarrison82, at Russellmania621, and at LO Commanders. Once again, we thank you for making the Lockdown Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view on YouTube, if you're watching that way, of the day. All right, so now that we've got some business taken care of, we're going to open up this show with talking about Cole Holcomb and some interesting quotes that he said to Julie Donaldson, uh, who, of course, is the Senior Vice President of Broadcasting and Media for the Washington Commanders. So Cole Holcomb basically declared, hey, listen, this isn't a battle, this isn't a war, this isn't Anything other than what it is, I'm the Mike linebacker. So Cole Holcomb is entering his fourth year in the NFL. He's drafted in the fifth round in 2019. Another reason why you should always, always, always remember that the draft is more than just about the top pick or two or what have you, because Cole Holcomb is arguably 
the most important defensive player right now, arguably, on the Washington Commanders. Why? Because if he's right, and if he is saying what the reality is, which is, I feel I'm going to take control of the defense, take charge at that mic spot. If he's right, and if he actually is the permanent and full-time starting Mike linebacker, well, he runs this, he runs the defense. He's the captain of the defense. He calls all the plays. He gets everybody in position. He makes adjustments. Uh, Jack Del Rio gets him the call. The question is that I have, did Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio already say, hey, Cole, you're absolutely the full-time, 100% full blast Mike linebacker? That's number one. Or is he just trying to put that into energy and space, if you will, to get us all talking, right? Because Cole, at the end of last year, said he very much wanted this position. Okay. But that doesn't mean Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio have made that decision. That doesn't mean that perhaps after OTAs and before camp, they come up with something different. Or maybe into camp, they come up with something different. It's quite possible that we will see Cole Holcomb as the Mike linebacker and the primary Mike linebacker at OTA starting next week. Now, what does that all mean? Well, Washington is in sub-package, nickel or higher, nickel or more, 75% of the time last year. So if you're in that package, which means basically five defensive backs or six defensive backs, they're subbing out at the linebacker position. So if they choose to play a traditional four defensive linemen and say, let's say, a just a nickel set of defensive backs, that's four or five, you still have room for two linebackers. Clearly, Cole Holcomb is going to be one of those two linebackers. If they decide to go a five-man front, like a bear front, which they did plenty of last year, which they might not do as much of this year out of need, necessity, what have you, and five defensive backs, that's five and five, that's ten, you only have a spot for one linebacker. I believe Cole Holcomb, for the most part, would be that guy. If they go basically to their base package, their 4-3 package, here's what I don't know. Is Cole Holcomb going to be the starting Mike linebacker in your base 4-3? Meaning you're only playing four defensive backs. You're paying, playing four defensive linemen and three linebackers. Jamin Davis we know is one of them, Right. Cole Holcomb we know is one of them, but is he the Mike? Is he the strong side linebacker? And is David Mayo in as the starting Mike in, again, a limited base package 4-3-4 or a 4-3 front? Does that make sense? I hope it does. So that's what we don't know. We don't know yet whether Cole Holcomb 100% of the time, even in base and certainly in sub, which is really primary, that he is going to be the Mike linebacker calling all the plays, basically aligned on the inside. And when they go to one linebacker, clearly he would play basically over the middle, maybe a slight shape. If they go to two linebackers, he could play, again, uh, on the right or the 
presumably the right side of the defense and maybe cheated a little bit over into the middle, but still make all the calls. And if they have three linebackers on the field, again, that's where the question becomes. So Cole Holcomb was always going to be a major factor, and he was always going to essentially be the primary Mike linebacker because he Performed well last year in that role. He knows the defense. He's the most experienced, certainly over Jamin Davis, and even over David Mayo, who's only been here for a year, right? And is more of a reserve special teams kind of guy, backup, as opposed to a starter. I don't know if you want David Mayo playing a 1,000 snaps. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to be honest, you don't want David Mayo playing a 1,000 snaps. The only question for me with Cole Holcomb, again, is how much – If he has to be on the field for 1,000 snaps, 1,100 snaps, can he stay healthy? Can he take on the pounding that he's going to take, especially if he's aligned more towards the middle? Is he going to get beat up by 320-pound pulling guards and guards and centers that get to the second level and look to take him out? Is he going to be able to still stay fresh enough where, presuming right now, that the roster stays the same, he's their best cover linebacker, too. Think about that. So you want him to call all the plays. You want him to be a force in the run game, attacking the line of scrimmage, preferably kind of in the middle sort of of the defense, right, against a heavy Philadelphia run team, a presumably heavier Giants run team because they don't have a great quarterback situation. And, and, and that's what Brian Dable has done, uh, in previous stops before Buffalo, Alabama, I think. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Not to mention Derrick Henry on the roster, on the schedule. Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts on the schedule. The Cleveland Browns on the schedule. Think about this. You're probably going to need more help stopping the run than you did last year when you were playing a great gauntlet of quarterbacks and everybody was throwing all over the place. You're going to have to be a little more run-intensive and run-defensive-intensive. That's part of the reason why they drafted Fedarian Mathis. So do you want Cole taking on all of that? Can Cole play 100% of the snaps, basically, meaning stay healthy for 17 games, still be their best coverage linebacker, and be their Mike linebacker in not only sub, but 4-3 base, where he's taking on, again, some of those guards and centers that are basically coming right at him and trying to cut him off at the pass. I don't know the answer to that. My, My hunch is, even though it seems like they are planning on going as full throttle as you can with Cole Holcomb, that they're going to have to come up with a different solution to give him a little bit, a little bit of a breather, where in base he can play the strong side linebacker and, oh, he's primarily only got to cover 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", tight ends. You see where I'm getting at? You can't have him do everything, at least in my opinion. And you can't expect him to play a 1,100 snaps at a high level. If you do that, you're begging for trouble. All right, that is our opening salvo right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Uh, again, uh, that comments made by Cole Holcomb to Julie Donaldson uh, on the Commanders site. Coming up next, a Hall of Famer weighs in on Carson Wentz. But did he really say anything at all? That's next right here. 
on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Guys, it's Chris Russell. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and and then opening your eyes and realizing that it actually wasn't birthday cake frosting without benefits. It was birthday cake frosting the built way. That's right. 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what I mean when we talk about the built way. So, guys, I just received a box, David did as well, of the birthday cake puffs, and I've never had anything like this before. They're available right now. We can't promise they'll be there tomorrow, so you get to built.com like right now. Do it. Uh, and if you haven't tried the puffs yet, protein-infused marshmallows, first of its kind, soft, easy to chew, covered in chocolate. It's delish. Different flavors as well, but the built birthday puffs are Awesome. I told you guys a couple of months ago I bought the mini birthday uh, puff cake um, uh, bars, and they were, oh, such a tremendous treat. Well, the built puffs are a little bit different. Uh, you're going to get a full size, uh, 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and 9 grams of sugar in this limited time flavor. So, again, go there now. You're going to love the taste. 100% covered in chocolate. You go to Built.com. Get yourself some birthday cake puffs now to try. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order by using, again, the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first watch of the day. If you're joining us on YouTube, David Harrison is out on this episode. I'm Chris Russell, flying solo. All right, so let's get to it. Troy Aikman, the new Monday Night Football primary analyst. Um, That's a whole separate issue that uh, I'm not a big fan of. I'm not a big fan of Troy Aikman, and it has nothing to do with what most Commanders fans think of Troy Aikman, which is that he's biased towards the Cowboys and he's partial and he hates the Commanders. And listen, some of that might be true. I mean, he played for the Cowboys. He's a Super Bowl cha- He's a legend for the Dallas Cowboys. Inherently, you're always going to have a little bit of favoritism towards where your bread was buttered and where you made your legacy. So I don't take offense to that. Now, I don't listen a whole lot, quite honestly, to everything that the analyst says um, because I'm not looking for the same things or looking to avoid the same things you guys are. I'm looking for unique analysis, and I don't feel Troy Aikman gives me a lot of that. And here's a perfect example. So I grabbed this quote, and actually Yahoo Sports uh, had it, so I want to give them credit. And it was Troy Aikman on Carson Wentz. And he said, quote, this is probably his last opportunity, just being blunt about it, to prove that he can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL, end quote. Well, is that really a blunt statement? 
this was probably his last opportunity? Not really a blunt statement. It's actually fairly realistic. If Carson Wentz fails in Washington, who is going to install him as their automatic guaranteed starter? And who is going to sit around thinking, yeah, you know, he was good in 2017. Now he's flamed out in three different spots, but he was really good in 2017. Because, by the way, that's Ron Rivera's mantra right now. You know, he was really good in 2017. Doesn't matter what's happened since then. I mean, I love Ron, but that that's Ron's public mantra anyway, right? So, of course it's his last opportunity to be what most consider to be a franchise quarterback. And there's nothing really blunt about it. It's honest. It's real. It's legit. And it's not probably. It's really. And it's realistically. That's the deal. But here's the question that I have. How should we define a franchise quarterback? And do we need to have a franchise quarterback? Does Wentz need to be the franchise guy? Uh, we want you to hit us up, locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com, and of course the voicemail number, which we'll give you at the end of the show. Does Wentz have to be the franchise guy in order for it to be successful? And what is a franchise guy? Uh, to me, a franchise guy is, of course, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, that. Kirk Cousins is not a franchise guy. Mac Jones is not a franchise guy. Tuatunga Bailoa is not a franchise guy. Basically, at this point, Justin Herbert kind of is. But are you a franchise guy when you haven't made the playoffs yet, when you haven't willed your team? Now, he's the hopeful long-term franchise starting quarterback. But is he a franchise quarterback? I don't know. It depends on how you kind of define it. And here's one thing to consider. Is a franchise quarterback just a long-term starter, whatever that might work out to be? Two years, three years, five years, six years, whatever it might be in the NFL. A franchise quarterback, to me, is not just the starter. Again, he's one of those special gene guys. One of those guys that you feel like, hop on my back, boys. I'll take you where you want to go more often than not. Now, it doesn't always work out that way. As we know, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks didn't make the playoffs. They kind of stunk for the most part uh, in 2021, uh, then got traded. Uh, the year before that, he was the franchise quarterback, kind of carried them, and they got eliminated and beaten by, like, a third-string quarterback in the Rams in Seattle. Aaron Rodgers was terrible against the San Francisco 49ers at Lambeau Field, but he was great during the regular season. And actually great during the regular season, not statistically, right? He managed games well. He performed well. But his numbers, if you look compared to other quarterbacks, not great. No, but he's Aaron Rodgers. He's been doing it for a long enough time that you feel comfortable saying he's a franchise guy. Again, Tom Brady, unbelievable numbers, won a Super Bowl two years ago, lost in the playoffs. Yes, not really his fault. You get the point. He's a franchise quarterback. I don't know if I want Carson Wentz, quite honestly, to be a franchise quarterback, and here's why. Number one, you've got to pay franchise quarterbacks $45, $50 million per year. And that means a lot of guaranteed money. Look at Deshaun Watson's contract, fully guaranteed, right? Two hundred and what, forty million dollars a year, or what? Or two hundred forty million dollars over five years, fully guaranteed. It all counts against the cap, no matter how they kind of 
proportion it out. Eventually, you got to pay it, right? And it's all guaranteed. So I don't know if I want that. Quite honestly, I like having the flexibility right now that Washington has until they screw it up in that they could get out of the deal after one year if they want to. But if you become a franchise quarterback, what is commonly referred to as a franchise quarterback, you have to pay for that. You have to pay big-time money for that. And I don't know if I want the commanders to make that kind of an investment in Carson Wentz, even if he has one really good year. And that's my fear, is that if he has one really good year this year, he's going to be given a three-year or four-year extension on top of the two years that he has remaining, which are around like $30 million or roughly, and that they're going to repurpose the contract or they're just going to add on to the contract and give him, I don't know, an extra three years worth $50 million guaranteed, so an extra $150 million fully guaranteed along with the two remaining years or however they would do that, right? There's different ways you could structure that type of thing. I don't want that. I don't want that kind of commitment to Carson Wentz, even if he's good this year, just because he's good this year or really good this year, just because finally he might be the answer at least moving forward doesn't mean he's going to be great the year after or the year after that or the year after that or certainly the year after that. And I'd rather almost take my chances the opposite way. I'd rather keep him on a shorter-term contract. I'd rather keep him under the current contract. Hey, if he performs well this year, good, fine. We look at year two of the deal, pay him whatever it costs. Okay, we're still not totally screwed. But if you've got to start paying him Aaron Rodgers-type money, and he's not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady-type money, ultimately, and he's not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes-type money, and he's not Patrick Mahomes, that's a problem for me. And that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do when you are a so-called franchise quarterback. So watch out for how we label things and watch out for what we expect and what we want and what we need. Think about that. You know, another former franchise quarterback is Drew Brees. He opposed, apparently, via text, or via tweets, I should say, he apparently wants to come back. I floated this idea on my radio show on Tuesday with my partner, Pete Medhurst, which you can, again, listen on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. What would happen if Carson Wentz got hurt before training camp or very early in training camp? Would you think about going to Drew Brees if he truly wants to come out and if he's still around and he, again, wants to play? And he's not doing broadcasting or whatever. He's 43 years old. Hasn't played in a year and a half. It's not a smart idea in my eyes. No thanks. I'd rather go somewhere else. And I have Taylor Heineke. And I have Sam Howell. And I'd rather sign a veteran somewhere else. And no, that veteran is not Colin Kaepernick. Sorry to disappoint you. We'll try and get into more uh, on that as the weeks uh, develop right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. All right. Coming up next, Chase Young ranks where? On the top 25? Under 25. But first, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, the hockey playoffs, and even next season's NFL 
futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the fr- uh, trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so we finish up the Locked On Commanders podcast this way, profootballfocus.com. You know, I love them. They put out a list, uh, Trevor Sikama did, top 25 players in the NFL under, under the age of 25, under the age of 25. So Chase Young made the list at number 13, so right in the middle and he was one spot behind Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders, one spot ahead of Rashawn Slater, the left tackle of the Los Angeles Chargers, rookie last year, and two spots ahead of Brian Burns, the Carolina Panthers' edge pass rusher, and Creed Humphrey of the Kansas City Chiefs, an interior center, uh, who had an outstanding rookie campaign uh, for Kansas City, was at number 16, so a couple of spots behind Chase Young. Number 17 was C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys, just for purposes of which we will tie in in just a sec. Now, first, on Chase Young, we all hope that Chase Young, we all hope that Chase Young comes back and basically is like Joey Bosa, right, who in his second year, Joey Bosa ripped up his knee in week two of the season against the New York Jets for the San Francisco 49ers, and, of course, missed the rest of that year. I'm sorry, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, not Joey Bosa, my bad. Nick Bosa, apologize. Nick Bosa ripped up his knee week two against the New York Jets in the 2020 season, missed all of the rest of the season after a fine rookie year, and then came back in 2021, and Nick Bosa lit it up, 15 and a half sacks, uh, a 90.0 pass rush grade, according to PFF, right? Um, so we all hope Chase Young can be that. Is that realistic? I, I don't think it's realistic to expect Chase Young to have 15 and a half sacks. Number one, he might not even be ready for week one. And even if he is, he might be on a pitch count. He might be on a snap count, right? He might not. He might be just in situationals. We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But here's why I think Chase Young is a little bit high on this list. And, again, he's right one spot behind Max Crosby. To be fair, I think Max Crosby's a significantly better player at this point. Now, again, he's healthy right now, and he's got more experience than Chase Young. But that's part of it, Chase Young injuries. That's part of it. Chase Young has missed uh, the entire second half of the 2021 season and, and a game and, and, a, and three quarters, basically, in his rookie season. On top of that, I think Chase Young's first half of 2021, with some of the undisciplined stuff that we saw, 
Uh, Ron Rivera clearly was not happy. There was a lack of production. Uh, Chase was some pie, sometimes improvising. Chase was sometimes doing his own thing. Chase was getting frustrated. Chase still doesn't have a lot of counter moves uh, to balance his strength and his uh, athletic ability out. So all of these things we didn't see when Chase was healthy, and now Chase is recovering. So we don't know, is he going to be way better at all of that stuff? I mean, it's hard to believe that, right? So, again, I think he's rated a little bit high, not to mention – The second half of his rookie season wasn't as dominant as everybody makes it, quite honestly. I mean, sure, he was great. Uh, Four forced fumbles, seven and a half sacks overall. Uh, Not all of that came in the second half, but most of it came in the second half of the season. But he didn't take on anybody really good and beat anybody good except for one or two really good pass rushes in and around and against Trent Williams, which is going to happen for the most part in every game. You're going to win some, and you're going to lose a bunch, and and obviously great players win more than some. Chase Young wasn't great down that stretch in the first half of his rookie season, second half of his rookie season against elite competition. And when he did go against Donovan Smith, who I wouldn't even call elite at left tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Donovan Smith completely blanked him. Now, this is not picking on Chase Young. This is just pointing out fact and reality. So, again, I think Chase was a little bit overrated after year one. And maybe we're being a little bit hard on him for year two and now coming off the injury. But when you combine all of that, I think Chase is ranked too high, quite honestly, at 13, if I'm being honest. And I know that's not going to make Commanders fans happy. I don't care. My job is to tell you how I feel and what I think. I think Chase is a little bit overrated at 13 on the PFF top 25 under 25. Where would I put him? Well, I would put Rashawn Slater ahead of him. I would put Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers ahead of him. I would put Creed Humphrey from the Kansas City Chiefs ahead of him. I would probably put him right ahead at number 16 of C.D. Lamb. And that's how we tie this up. C.D. Lamb, uh, you know, has been fine, has been good, but C.D. Lamb has left a lot to be desired, and now he's going to be the number one, we think, wide receiver in Dallas. He's also had some ball security issues, some drops, right? That has been a problem, uh, even though some of the numbers are good. I'd probably put Chase ahead of C.D. Lamb and Antoine Winfield Jr. and maybe even T. Higgins. I mean, you can make any argument you want. You could slide them all over the place, but that's probably what I would do. Again, I'm not trying to beat up Chase, and nobody should. Um, he can prove a lot to us by coming back and putting up a – 11 sack season. It doesn't have to be 15 and a half sacks like Nick Bosa. It doesn't have to be. But he can prove a lot by being in the double digits and being healthy and being disciplined. And we can tell when Chase Young is about to become a stud. And so far through two years, there's been a few glimpses, but there hasn't been enough sustained, sustained shine from Chase Young. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We thank you again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Come on back for the next episode. David will be flying solo. Uh, now make the, the Locked On NFL podcast your second listen and your second watch of the day. The schedule may be dark, 
But the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts representing all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hop in, again, it's locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or the voicemail line 301 615 That's 301 615 That's going to do it for us today, Commanders fans. Thanks again for joining us. Free and available on all platforms as always. For David Harrison covering the Washington Commanders, Fresh.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Men Her Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.